What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here, and we were back recapping week three. A lot of action, a lot of fun games, some games back in Ontario finally. Wade got to be there. That weekend must have been awesome for you, being in the stands again for CFL football. I'm not going to lie. It was very emotional getting back to football. I, I am so thankful that we were able to get games in our province again. Uh, certainly a battle to get to this point, and I don't want to go back to where we were before. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's been so nice watching CFL football, seeing fans enjoy CFL football all across the league. But as always, we've got to start off with a quick ad read. So as we get back into CFL football, as we get back into football, make sure that you're heard on the field with the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG whistle. Now with 120 decibels of sound power, the Sonic Blast can be heard over even the loudest of crowds like at Mosaic Stadium. Always rocking. Shop now at fox40shop.com and use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off. Again, that is CFP15 at fox40shop.com. And as always, go ahead and check out Soda City Brewing Company. Soda City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, get it before it's gone. CFP listeners have our exclusive promo code at CFL this month for kickoff. Any orders over $100 using the code, you can get free shipping on all deliveries. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only must be of legal drinking age. We've got some news and notes to jump into at this point now. Just before we do start getting into things, recapping the show, COVID outbreak, the first one in the CFL season, week three, we have a COVID outbreak. The Edmonton Elks game for this week has been postponed. They were supposed to be taking on the Toronto Argonauts in Toronto this week. However, an outbreak among the team and as this outbreak does happen, according to Farhan Lalji, the Elks are one of the lowest vaccine rates in the league. It's Thursday's game not being played. Well, at this point, they can still hit the threshold that needs to be played this week. It's just we won't be seeing Thursday night football. Luckily, though, our very own Marshall Ferguson is not calling that game. He's calling the one out in the nation's capital. So shout out to Marsh getting his first calling done of the season yeah i'm definitely gonna be tuning in for that one it's gonna be a lot of fun to listen to him do it i'm excited for him it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good game should be a good night i'm sure he's more than happy to be getting back into the booth and calling some games as well rookie action though some rookie action across the league in the cfl this week jake meyer i'll start off with the the also obvious one jake meyer played for calgary in lieu of Bo Levi Mitchell, who has a broken fibula, Jake Meyer looked great, man. In his debut, he had a freaking day. I know he had two interceptions on the day, but he threw almost 300 yards and a touchdown. And again, like much like Nathan Rourke, the interceptions can be attributed to you know nice plays and just some rookie reads. But all in all, I thought Jake Meyer had a good day coming in, being asked to do a lot with that Calgary offense. So... It was nice to see. I know we all wanted to see Michael O'Connor, but, you know, Meyer looked pretty good. I will tip my hat to, to Meyer over the weekend. Yeah, I thought Jake Meyer looked really good. I mean, 
You heard the baptism by fire quote. I thought, yes, my defense is going to kill it for fantasy. Well, they did in the first bit, and then the baptism finished, and Jake Meyer played some damn good football. You know, this was my issue, though, with Montreal going into the year, which I said was, can they supplement the big playoff? Because it was big play, big play, big play, and then a whole bunch of two and outs. And then at the end, all of a sudden, they they put it together. And here comes Montreal down the field, and a yard short, a yard short of winning it. It was a good game right down to the wire, but you're right. I mean, Montreal, for as good as they looked at times, didn't really sustain themselves, which was surprising to me. Maybe not so much to you, but I don't know, man. I, I really thought they were going to look a lot better in this game. They had every opportunity to walk out as a 2-0 and team. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done. Moving on, though, Isaac Adyemi Berglund. Ton of snaps. Yeah, well, I think I don't think Sean Lemon played in this one, so they no, went he was out, all yeah. in on the third overall pick from 2020, and I thought he played very well. You didn't see him get there too much on the pass rush, but in the run game, I thought he was strong at the point of attack, good hands, good strong base. Sorry if I sound choked up. I am dealing with some bad hiccups as as we record here. It's a Ooh, fight and a half. He's battling through them. I thought Isaac did a great job. I'm looking forward to seeing him grow more of his pass rush game and his pass rush package. I, I know they must be thrilled to have him on the roster. Yeah, all in all, it didn't look like he was getting lost in the wash. He was making some very good plays. Not a lot of rookie mistakes, which is always nice to see. Uh, so, you know, great, great game for him. Really happy to see that. The third third round pick from 2020. How about a U Sports guy, though? Kean Schaefer Baker looked like a vet out there. And I'm not talking about just the plays that he made when he had the ball in his hands. I think he had 64 yards on three catches. But other than that, when he was away from the ball, he was blocking, which coaches always love to see. He was running his routes, getting to the right depth, making his breaks really smooth. And then obviously, you know, made a few plays, got the ball in his hands as well. So happy to see that. He was one of these guys that we knew was going to be a stud coming out of U Sports. We just didn't know when we would get to see it. And it looks like, you know, with that Shaq Evans injury, we're going to see it a little bit sooner rather than later. But he had a day. Yeah, KSB looked great. I, I, I thought he was very good on the sidelines as well. We know he has such good body control. Your GGs found that out firsthand a couple years ago. One-hander over the middle in traffic? I think so. But for KSB, I mean, to fill in and provide such a, a good outlet for Fajardo, especially being on the outside, it's tough to usually get your catches up. Uh, I, I thought it was great for showing for him. He showed his athletic ability. He, he can beat man coverage at the CFL level, which we all didn't really question, but now we have tape proving it for us. So for KSB with his Shaq Evans injury, I expect him to take on a much bigger role. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'm excited for what the future holds for KSB. Let's talk about the Argos. Specifically, let's talk about Nick Arbuckle. I'll let you carry away this one because you were actually at the game. I was watching it on the TV, and I thought Nick Arbuckle looked great on TV. But tell me about him in person, man. It was a show. With Arbuckle, man, I said this on Thursday. My one thing I wanted to see was 265 and 2. Pick him how you got him. 310 and 1 and 1? I will take that from Nick Arbuckle. Man, that was a great showing. I mean, early on, it looked like just a lot of quick game, just trying to get a rhythm established for the young guy. And then all of a sudden, Winnipeg adjusted to it. And you just saw Nick Arbuckle kind of be like, all right, let's 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 start to air this out. They started piecing down the middle. And then 
working the run game with uh, DJ Foster. What a game he had. Man, wow. He was running the ball so well. And whenever you add those together, all of a sudden you get the double move down the sidelines to Tavares Daniels. So with Arbuckle, this is exactly why they signed him. And if, if you're the Ottawa Red Blacks, you have to live with the fact that you and your team didn't want this guy back. How could you pass on that? Honestly. And then juxtaposed to a couple hours later, Matt Nichols, again, DT was letting him have it on the radio broadcast. But my gosh, how do you pass on Nick Arbuckle when you have him wanting to play for your team? I have no idea, but all I can say is that I'm not mad that he's wearing double blue right now because we're in this city. It's a lot of fun to watch these guys go out and play football. And, you know, as good as Arbuckle looked in his debut, the guy that I am absolutely loving right now for the Toronto offense that I didn't see coming is Ricky Collins Jr. I really thought Eric Rogers was going to be the guy in the offense this year for the Argos, but Ricky Collins Jr. has looked damn good in that double blue this year. He's got 207. He's got two receptions over 30 yards. His long is an 81-yard reception. So I, I've loved what Ricky Collins Jr. has done so far. And the eye-popping stat to me is the 143 yak yards. That means he's making plays when he's got the ball in his hands post-catch. Absolutely. I mean, you saw the broken tackle at the end to ice the game. It was such a huge moment for them. Uh, let's not sell short. We're going we're gonna to kind of merge in our general thoughts here with news and notes because we're not even through with it. Deshaun Brissett. Dude. I was, I was oh, hoping. so happy I saw for him, him. I saw them throw the corner for him, and I was like, come on, man. Come on, please. Short, stopped on the two, but what a grab. Great game. Unfortunate circumstances for him to, to get thrust into the offense with Daniels going down on that big hit. But he he showed he was ready for it. And they, they are so confident in those young guys, him and Curly Gittins Jr., that they're ready to they're ready to rock whenever these vets need a rep off or they need timeout. Them and Levi, they can carry this receiving core. They can carry the workload that they need to. So Dejan must not be used to the twenty yard end zone yet, because he sure as hell didn't want to be in it. Oh, don't don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Wasn't on him. The guy made Not a great tackle. But as we move through our news and notes, Ticats and Red Blacks will now be vaccine mandatory or negative test within a couple, I think like two days of kickoff. Red Blacks going to start on September 22nd. Hamilton, I believe, is starting for this week. So big props to to those stadiums, the crews and the cities for organizing that and getting it together. Uh, definitely the right move as we move forward with this Delta variant as it's starting to throw some wrinkles into our CFL season. Let's talk about uh, Ottawa, though. Do we do we play the Coach Green? They are who we thought they were. Do we play that clip at this point? I think we might have to roll it in. Do we have to play it? Like, Oh, my goodness. They are who we thought they were, and that's why Saskatchewan was 11-point favorites, right? They kept the game close for a little bit. They did, but they, they can't move the they ball They have no offensive sustainability, though. I mean, the None. first half, they had, what, 64 yards? 40-something of that was R.J. Harris making an absolute beautiful catch that yeah. rivals what Geno Lewis did on the Friday night. Oh, dude. Um, maybe. Maybe. That, that, that R.J. Harris catch was nice, but that Geno Lewis catch was something else. But, yeah, I mean... Ottawa is exactly who we thought they were going to be. No disrespect to the Red Blacks, but... Good defense. 
no offense. And that's what's keeping them in these games early on is their defense. But then, you know, teams, especially in the CFL, they beat down on these defenses. And if you got to be out on the field for 70-plus snaps a game, you're going to get tired. You get fatigued real quick. And as the season goes on, it's not going to be 75 snaps that your team gets tired at. It's going to start to be 70. Yeah. And then around 65. And then you're going to get a short week, and it's going to be 50 plays where your defense starts to fatigue and get gassed. I mean, and then Nichols throwing up prayers. I mean, I know he thought he had Bahar on the cut coverage on the sidelines. You're telling me, as a veteran quarterback, you don't see the halfback just sitting, waiting for you, and you lob a ball. It's not even like you throw a rope at him. You tried to lob one onto him. Oh, yeah, he tried to put a ball in the bucket. And he got like, caught for it badly. Especially if you're going to be playing a high half who's coming over. Yeah. Try and push the ball. Don't don't lob it. Don't give him a three a three line ball where you're hoping that you get some air under it and Bahar can keep running. Give him the ball and let him make a play. Like oh man, you're leaving I, him out to dry. I felt so bad on that one. But well, I saw like because I was watching that play and I saw it kind of starting to develop and I was like, oh, sh- I think he might have him. And then I was like. Oh, but that's not the ball you throw if you think you have them. Like, yeah, it's uh. so tough to to see that, and to to think. And go back to it. Like we saw Arbuckle right before, and then the guy that you wanted over Arbuckle comes out and throws a bad pick like that. And it'd be one thing if he was a new quarterback. Yes, he's a new quarterback in a new system, but he's a veteran quarterback he's not in the a league. New quarterback. That's and he knows CFL defensive scheming. And it's you not know really, you don't throw that ball. It's not really a new scheme because it's Paul Apolise. It's Paul Apolise, exactly. So, so uh, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. But they are who we thought they were. The Elks, though, they, uh, they look to wake up. No more saying the Elks can't get in the end zone. I think Connor... Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Connor, are you going to humble brag? Once. Just once. Well, Greg Ellingson still woke up. Greg Ellingson woke up. Woke up. And I mean, once Joel Figueroa went out, <laughs> I heard Kyle Mello talking about it on Marshmello yesterday. Once Figueroa went out, it was like the offense didn't know what they were doing. Like, that's bad. I mean, I know we've been saying Hamilton has O-line issues, but I mean, for a couple plays, the Argos lost uh, their center. Pete Nicastro throws the club to the sidelines. Shane Richards walks in. They keep going on the field. Like, it's just, you work. And yes, they got their offensive linemen back, but those quick changes, I mean, at tackle, you, your backup offensive linemen, your sixth and seventh, they should be tackles who can swing inside. Yeah, I yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm not going to humble brag on the Edmonton Elks yet. I did say we shouldn't panic about the Edmonton Elks yet. I, I mean, Again, I'm going to stay on this. Don't panic about them yet. I know they can't score. Trevor Harris has thrown some interceptions that we're not used to seeing Trevor Harris throw. But again, this is a timing offense. It's a spot up, find the soft zone offense. That's going to take a little bit of time to develop. It shouldn't take time to develop between Harris and Ellingson, but here we are. I don't think there's a reason to panic on them just yet. And this is this is why for me, it's, it's their defense. Their pass rush is able to create pressure situations. It puts... You know, the receiver's in bad spots and the quarterback's in bad spots. And those throws are going to have to come out quick. And against a quick secondary like Edmonton has, that really benefits from, you know, the the ability to create havoc that that front seven has. You held the two leading receivers in the CFL in Brian Burnham and Lucky Whitehead, both 
going into week three, we're over 200 yards. We're one and two in the league. You held them both to no touchdowns under 35 yards. Are that you is give impressive. Up, are you going to give up Brian Burnham prop bets? That's two weeks in a row you've been burnt. Yes. Yep, they're done. Unless I'm we done go targets. On Brian no Burnham. more yardage. No more yardage. We'll go targets or maybe an anytime score. I'll throw that at you too, maybe. I am not betting on Brian Burnham at all ever again for this season. Let's talk CFP power rankings. They are finalized for week three. We are looking at it. I've got a question for you. For the power rankings. Okay, go before we get into them. How? Actually, I'll let you rhyme them off before I ask my question. First, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 40, or 53 points. Winnipeg, 49. Toronto, 42. Montreal, 34. BC, 30. Hamilton, 22. Edmonton, 20. Calgary, 11. And Ottawa, 6. Just a reminder that for the points, if you're first, you get 9 points. If you are last, you get 1 point. There are six voters, Austin Owens, Marsh, DT, Kyle, and yours truly, the boys on All-Canadian. Any uh, questions or thoughts here? You had one previously. I have a question. How in the hell do you not put Saskatchewan 1? How? Explain this to me. I need a DT-style justification for this. Look, Winnipeg played their absolute worst game I have seen in two years. Okay. and I'll agree with that. They had drops left, right, and center that prevented Caleros from getting into his rhythm. Okay. And on top of that, we still saw how dominant the defense was at times. They did get caught on a couple deep balls. But overall with Winnipeg, they're getting Andrew Harris back. We know Willie Jefferson's been dealing with an injury. He was hobbling all through warm-up. He's going to be healthier. And this defense, like the secondary, they're still good. They were making plays. They were there on every ball. It's just the fact that Eric Rogers and Ricky Collins Jr. are monsters and are that big. So I am putting them first because it's one game. Yes, Saskatchewan's unbeaten, but this is the worst we have ever seen a 60-minute period from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the last two full seasons. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it here. I'm not going to panic and put them first right off the bat. Or I'm not gonna put Saskatchewan first just because of one loss. It is power rankings. I know we move them around. So if Saskatchewan comes out again, they've also been at home every single game. Like it's so comfortable playing with twenty five thousand behind your back. Whereas that game for Toronto, the amount of like that thirteen point lead they jumped out to, that was completely driven by the juices of a home opener. And then right away, it settled into a 13-10 game, and it was close at half. So I'm not going to overreact on Winnipeg's loss. They had a lot of drops that you don't, even Kenny Lawler. Like he was dropping a lot of easy passes, like a six-yard hook he dropped uh, towards the end of the game. So, And they still had a chance to, to put some points together. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. There's my DT justification for this week. I still don't agree, but fine, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. You don't have to agree. You didn't agree in your rankings. Nobody else agreed. That's why I was asking you how you could justify it. You gave it to us, so I'll give one to you. But I don't know. I I think right now Saskatchewan is the best team in football. We will have to wait until week five to see this. They had to wait to put away Ottawa. Once they did put away Ottawa, they put them away six feet under. But they, they were slow to start. They were very slow to start. They were slow, but they still won the game. And if Saskatchewan 
I mean, we're looking at it. They've played BC. They almost blew that lead. Well, BC looks a lot better than people think as they, well. Or expected, I should say. They look a lot better than people expected. But they expected. still almost blew a like 20-point lead. Yeah, you don't blow that. They played Hamilton, who currently is disheveled and discombobulated on their offensive line. And then they play Ottawa. Whereas Winnipeg has... Hamilton, who is... Hamilton, when they went down early and then stormed back. And then they played home-at-home home with Toronto. Let's not take away that it was a home-at-home home with a good Toronto team. And they also got a new starting quarterback this week. There's a lot of things that point to this that you could say it might be a one-off with Winnipeg. Whereas Saskatchewan, are they battle-tested or are they cleaning up with a home-field advantage on the bottom half? I'm okay to say Hamilton might be a bottom-half team. I will reserve my judgment until week five. We don't get to see Saskatchewan play football again. Until then, where they will be playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, so yeah. Bring it on. Banjo Bowl. I'm waiting for that week five matchup. We'll see there. I I think Saskatchewan just might be the best team in the CFL right now. So but, we'll see. We'll but see. the one thing that has not changed for DT's power rankings is the Ottawa Red Blacks in ninth place. So he can take his victory lap. Uh, as he saw them up close and personal this last week. Moving on, though, players of the week. We've already talked about Nick Arbuckle. He's our outright player of the week. What a great performance from him. Same game, different sideline, different team. Mike Miller. Let's go. All-time CFL leader in special teams tackles. Just a little kid from the East Coast. All-time record holder. What a great moment for him. I don't think he, they didn't pause for the recognition of it at home. He didn't make a statement about it. Uh, I think he was just kind of very humble after the game when they talked to him about it in the press. But I, I'm so glad he's got that. East Coast football produces such good talents, and he is an all-time CFL record holder. Man, so happy for him. So happy for him. That's amazing. Such, a, such an achievement, such a feat. And like special teams are just... So underappreciated, but so important. And to go out there year after year and make your name as, you know, you could safely call that dude one of the best teamers in the CFL, if not the best teamer in the he's CFL. Amongst, he's amongst so, the top. I, I'm just, just so happy to see him get that record, break that record. And uh, it's just cool to see a kid from New Brunswick do it, like you were saying. Shout out to Ray Perkin as well when we're talking about the East Coast. We've forgotten to mention that Ray is now the Holland College offensive coordinator. The Hurricanes have gotten a lot more intimidating with Ray at the helm. Looking forward to seeing them compete this year against Dow, against some other schools out in the East Coast, where that burgundy black and white is going to be featuring the CFP East Coast analyst. So excited for Ray. Uh, congrats to him on that, and congrats to Mike Miller as well. Nick Arbuckle, as we said, is the outright player of the week. Uh, but Miller, Canadian player of the week. Favorite thing, it's time, Connor. What was your favorite, absolute favorite thing that you saw in week three of the CFL? There was a lot. There was a lot. I'll preface it with that. Everybody here is probably expecting me to say something about the Elks. Whether I 100% am. James Wilder Jr. still leading the league in rushing, or Trevor Harris still leading the league in passing, or the Edmonton Elks defense still being very good. Not that I said all that on Twitter or anything. Totally, 
Totally don't humble say brag. That. Don't humble brag. You said you weren't. Not my favorite thing from the week was not the Edmonton Elks first win of the season. Antler up. Let's go. Happy to see that. My favorite thing this week was Kean Schaefer Baker having an absolute coming out party with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It was just so awesome to see, you know, a guy that's just been around U Sports and his name has been in people's mouths in U Sports for so long. He was, you know, when we were there, he was easily one of the best receivers yeah. in the OUA, in the in the country for that Him matter. and Carter Matheson, top of the OUA class every year. Had to have been. So it was just, for him to go out and just prove it like that on a big stage after being practice squatted to start the season, then, you know, things happen. This is football. Injuries, unfortunately, happen. Comes in, says, hey, you're throwing on a jersey today. Get ready does it, has a day, goes off for almost 100 yards. It was just, that was my absolute favorite thing to see. I would have loved a KSB touchdown. Hopefully we get one in the coming weeks. But I'm with you. KSB, the Guelph Griffin, you know how electric he was in U-Sports. Connor just mentioned it. Now we get to see him bring that to the CFL, and it's only going to be better for the league if we get more great young Canadian guys in these skill positions, making plays, leading teams, right? Like, we had Brad Sinopoli in Ottawa for years. If we can get a guy like KSB to come up in this new age and be that electric, multifaceted receiver where he can go the slot, he can go out wide, deep, short, intermediate, in traffic, sidelines, like he has it all. He does it all. And I'm so excited for him to get more reps and more opportunities with this. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, Curly Gittins Jr. and Dejan Brissett in the East with Toronto, but I mean Braden Lenius in KSB and Mitchell Pickton in the West with Saskatchewan. It's given, you know, Canadian young Canadian receivers a lot to look up to right now. And, you know, if you want to model your game after anybody, it's those guys because they just spend well, I mean, time in the weight room. I mean, look at Dejan's release, Curly's flat out speed and hands. I mean, KSB's athletic ability on the sidelines with his body control. You can't teach Lenny's his size. I mean, that's just... Unfortunately not. No, yeah. I wish I could teach myself to be like 6'5", 210, <laughs> but I can't. And like Mitchell Pickton, I mean, he's got crisp routes. He's sure-handed. Like all these young Canadian guys that are getting a shot. I mean, we're even seeing Nate Bahar, Klukas uh, out in Ottawa is also getting a chance. So we're seeing these guys. It's it's so good for growth of our football, especially as the league or the... Especially as youth football moves more towards flag having these guys in positions that young Canadians can look up to so critical for developing the game. And these guys, the transferable skill there, I mean, whether you're an athletic wide receiver, a possession wide receiver, whatever it is, the transferable skill is work ethic. And all those guys certainly have an abundance of that. But let's go to your favorite thing from this week. Was it, you know, Nick Arbuckle, who you've been slamming on the table for forever? Was it Ottawa coming out and looking exactly how you thought they might? No, no, I'm done picking on Ottawa for about... Meh. Until next episode? Well, it's about four Wednesday. days until they play, so maybe we'll have to wait eight days. You know, we'll, well, we'll, we'll rag on them in eight days, maybe. They do play Brian Burnham and the BC Lions, though. And as it stands, that's only a one-and-a-half point spread for the Lions right now on a Tuesday. So maybe not so much picking on them just yet. We'll see. We'll see. But give us your favorite thing. Favorite thing, crowds in Ontario. Uh, it was just under 10,000. I think like nine hundred or 9,890-something people in the stands. Felt so much louder. Sitting down in the end zone where they have the, the metal stands, people banging on them. They had the oars. 
uh, even down under behind the benches. Jamal Campbell was standing behind the bench, firing up the crowd as the game was going on in the last couple of minutes. Such a great sight, such a great atmosphere to see. The weather was perfect, no rain, just sun, some breeze off the water. Uh, I was so happy to be sitting in a sports venue watching a live game for the first time in two years. It was just phenomenal. I'm so thankful that our health officials were able to get this together. The Argos, it was so, I felt very safe being there as well. Looking forward to being at more games and more stadiums, including U Sports ones. Get ready for that as well. So I am thankful that our province has been able to get to this point slow and steady, but with safety and the safety of everyone, not just the fans, but the workers as well involved. Two pandas coming up. You know, you know, I got to be at both. We got to be at one as CFP. You can get crazy as an Ottawa alum for the other. (laughs) But as, as one game goes, we will be there as CFP covering tailgating maybe by chance out in spark street let's uh we'll we'll start releasing that our plans for that as we get closer to the season but as for now thank you guys so much for listening on tuesday go back check out the game recaps on monday with martian mellow dt i'm sure is going to shred matt nichols and his check downs on wednesday tomorrow thursday connor are going to be back get your fantasy get your gambling you guys know the deal on thursdays But for now, thank you guys so much. Enjoy your day. Just want to take a second to remind you guys that Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews. And to learn more, this August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL as we kick off here during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age to get your hands on that. And the Canadian Football Perspective is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, helping you return to play safely with their latest innovations like the electronic whistle and the tri-layer whistle mask. You can check out that as well as some merch, coaching boards. I believe they have hats as well over at fox40shop.com. If you enter the code CFP15 at checkout, you can get 15% off your order. So coaches, high school coaches, especially in Ontario, because we forgot to mention that Offsa football will be going on. Connor and I are looking to be there as well in the booth for you guys. So get ready for that. Football coaches in Ontario, go and gear up. Use CFP15 and get loaded on merch for the return of Offsa football. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.